0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a verse by verse edition with the one and only Rick Maynard. How are you today, Rick Maynard? Well, I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> We're all trying to make through life here. We are in very interesting times. We need the Bible. Yes, this would be do. a good time to have the Bible in your life right now. Yes, it is, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things. Like I said, I'm I'm sick of talking about it, but you can't help but talk about it. It is the topic of conversation <laughs> for everybody right yeah, now. Everywhere and, you go, everybody you talk to. So yeah, it just is what it is. So I was, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and I'm 40 years old, and really I can't think of you know a time in life where it was this crazy for no. me. Maybe September 11th, I can remember. Uh, 9-11 when mm-hmm. the next day the gas stations but that was the gas stations right everyone was lined up for days but it wasn't the grocery stores i remember no. you could get access to food but here is very interesting the whole thing we've had the the toilet paper saga mm-hmm. and again yesterday i went to walmart in in joplin which is a city not far from us uh, if you're not in this area and again just you go in that food aisle now there is food mm-hmm. but it's just things like the the whole meat section is completely cleaned out and certain parts of the right. groceries aisles are just <laughs> completely gone and it's like wow it is interesting
1: yeah i haven't seen anything the only thing when i was i can remember as a as a kid probably first grade or something there was all this talk with russia you know that russia and the oh, united yep. states were going to be in a big war and nuclear and all that and they were you know you were having the drills where you get down under the desk and You know, cover your head and that kind of stuff. And I can remember talking about, um, having canned goods and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, extra food. And, and if you had to, you could go into the hallway of your house and shut all the doors. And, and it's like. You know, I mean, what we know about nuclear
0: power today, right, uh, yeah. none of that would matter anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, if a nuclear bomb drops, just cover your head. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Get under your desk. You'll be safe. So it's tough. Well, it's tough, definitely based on my personality, too. It's just not, you know, not to be cynical in these times of yeah. everything that's going on. Cause it's one thing that uh, I was never of this belief per se, but, you know, I know some people was, it was a hoax. It was just a yeah. dumb little thing. But then it starts to hit home. You know, not, I don't have personal loved ones right now, but uh, people in my sphere of relationship and influence that have been affected by the virus that are uh, some on the verge of death. And so it's a real deal. So hopefully we can somehow get through it. I know the church is, everyone's scrambling to figure out what what we should do per se.
1: And, you know, I know there's probably some people out there that are glad you're not having church. I mean, yeah, you know, it it, (laughs) it excuses them to not have to go to church, but it just kills me. Yeah, You know, I mean, I hate not going to church.
0: Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, last night we had online church in our local church, and uh, we did that one other time for a snow-related type thing, but we knew that was just a one-time thing, and and this could be, you know, a couple weeks at least, maybe more, but God help us. Yes. All right, well, so let's, with that in mind, uh, let's turn to the Word and see what the Word can help us with today.
1: Okay. We are uh, 1 Kings 11.9. Uh, The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. So this is all in reference to, um, you know, he begins to take many wives, he begins to worship idols, or at least the debate is whether he worshiped them or whether he let his wives worship or whatever, but he was a participant one way or the other. And uh, the Lord does become angry. You know, we forget that sometimes, that, Mm -hmm. you know, because of grace and mercy and, and there's there's a fine line honestly because sometimes i'm like okay you know i've got god's grace and mercy to cover me but then have i gone far enough that he's angry now you know where sometimes you wonder kind of where you stand <laughs> right you know i mean he probably should be mad at me but because of grace and mercy you know he loves me and and uh, not excuses what i do but forgives what i do but um, one of the 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 targum or the commentary on this, the Jewish commentary on it, says uh, their interpretation was he turned away from the fear of the Lord. And isn't that what it's all? I mean, that is what sin is because yeah. if we truly feared God and and respected him, uh, we would be afraid to sin. But turning away from the fear of the Lord, and, and there's a healthy fear. We talk about that. We shouldn't go around. Like he's the mean God waiting to to punish us, but then there should be a, a respectful fear of God, and so uh, basically that's what they're saying. He turned away from the fear of the Lord, and uh, when we lose that fear, we lose we lose respect for what he for his guidelines for what he tells us to do, and and this is this is following all the the uh, comments, all the scripture about. Uh, worshiping other gods, having other idols. We we talked about those, I think, last week. But this says it is the God, the God of Israel. This is not just a God that there, you're talking about. We've talked about some Molech and um, Ashtoreth and all the different gods, but uh, these are your God, the God of Israel, the God who had appeared to him twice. It's a yeah. It's a reminder. This is... Do you know what God we're talking about here? (laughs) That's
0: angry. This is not just one of the gods. This is the God, and yeah, and like I said, it's what's interesting about that verse is for some people that have never experienced the Lord. There's some people that grow up in religion, they grow up in a form of religion, and they have never really had that encounter. So when you see them turn away, you know, as they become adults or whatever, well, you're kind of like, well, they, they, I mean, from what I can see, they never really knew the Lord, any or you know, right. encountered him. But for this scenario, like, I like how the scripture here says, he appeared to you twice. Right. Like, you, you, you saw him, like, you met with him. It, right. it wasn't like he was just kind of, well, I just kind of grew up in this religion, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not really real to me. But, I mean, he had real, real encounters with the Lord. Right.
1: Well, you know, I've heard people say, and I've probably said it myself, if I could just see God, you know, if yes. I could just yep. – hear his voice or whatever but I think we have these examples all you got to do is look back at these things and think you know Solomon was a much greater man than I am and David was a greater man than I am but they both had their their times where they turned from God I mean they came back Mm -hmm. but they still had their times even people who had heard his voice Moses heard his voice but you know uh, Noah (laughs) uh, you know as soon as he got off the boat he got drunk you know it was uh, all these guys who had directly talked to god so i think we have to be careful well if i could just hear if i could just see a miracle then i'd believe Mm -hmm. well (laughs) it just it doesn't seem to work that way if you look at what scripture says uh for all these guys these whatever you famous people and and I, I had to think, one of again, one of the versions, I didn't write down which one, I usually write it, but it says, I humbled myself twice to come and meet with you. In other words, you, you've you taken this lightly. Do you realize what a humbling, I know that sounds weird to say God humbled himself, but that, that is a humbling that he would come and speak to me. I wouldn't shouldn't think, well, I deserve for him to talk to me. He humbled himself enough that he would come and talk to a, a sinner, like me, or David, or Solomon, or Moses, or whoever the case may be, and it's it's almost as if he's saying, after all I've done for you, this is mm-hmm. this is what you're. After all I've done, after all you've seen, then this is your reaction to that. You know, I'm I'm 63, and I'm one of those that we kind of joke about that feels like I was born saved. Yeah, you know that I didn't have that. <laughs> um, Experience that I can really even remember the day that I got saved, and so you know, some people say, "Well, maybe you're not saved. That's why you no. don't, can't remember <laughs> the day." But um, it, it's similar to cheating on a faithful spouse. You know that a a husband or a wife who would cheat, in, and we're talking about that with that's what Solomon was—many mm-hmm. wives and the, and the love for women. And you know, you could say that about. I can't believe that you would cheat on me. After all I've done for you, after I've lived, after I've been faithful to you. I mean, isn't that what God would say? After I've been faithful to you, now you're cheating on me. In other words, other gods. Same, yeah. same principle. Yes. And a husband or a wife could say the same thing, or you could say it to your children at some point. After all I've done for you <laughs> in your lifetime, after all I've tried to help, and then this is, this is where you're at. This is the way things turn out. And so I think God sometimes does say that very thing. But um, verse 10, although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So it's not about just allowing his wives. It's saying he's following other gods. And, and this was all, we won't go back and, and read it all, but Solomon has no place to say, I didn't know. Because we have scripture, and again, we're not going to read it all this morning. It's it's scripture we've read before on the podcast or Sunday school class. But it goes back in First Kings nine three through nine is where God warned him about all these things. So it's a uh, whether he's warning David, whether he's warning Solomon, whether it's a general warning. Uh, you can't say, "Well, I didn't I didn't know how that was." We have a, it's it's recorded that he knew. And so verse 11 says, so the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. So this is all coming through uh, Ahijah the prophet. So you have a prophet coming along and saying, thus saith the Lord here. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that. We won't get off on, on that. Uh, rabbit trail or whatever. But one of the things that a, a prophet says most of the time is, thus saith the Lord. These are not my words. These are not my opinions. Uh, this is a direct word from God. I don't know if those prophets heard a voice. I'm not sure how all that worked. But it it almost seems as if they did because of the way they carried on that conversation. God said this. And I've heard people, you know, we believe in the prophetic gift, mm-hmm. And I've heard people say in the church, thus saith the Lord. And I think, boy, you better be sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one thing to teach or preach under the, uh, the uh, guide of being able to say, now, you know, I don't know everything. So I tell my class a lot of times, if something seems off, if something seems weird or I've never heard that before or whatever, go check it out. You know, I may make a mistake. I may say something, but I don't stand up very often. Well, I can say, Thus saith the Lord if I'm reading (laughs) scriptures. Right, yeah. But to just stand up and say, the Lord spoke to me
0: and told me to tell you. Yeah, right about this
1: situation. <laughs> so
0: even going back again to what's happening in our day here today, I've heard you know a ton of Facebook videos. People, I prayed, and this is what God told me. Right. And, and some of it was like, "Well, that's interesting." Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'll, and, I'll pray about that. <laughs> yeah, the only true prophet is that one that his prophecies come true. So sometimes we have to wait it out. You have two two people saying. Thus saith the Lord, and it's two different things. Yeah, and so one of those guys is is not right, guys, women, whatever it may be. So, um, but it's the the sad part about this. It says um, that this is your attitude. So this has become a lifestyle, and I I believe there's a difference between me saying. Um, you know, if I hit my finger with a hammer and I would say a curse word and say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, kind of thing. I think that's different than having a lifestyle of swearing before God.
0: Was that that a hypothetical story? That was a hypothetical that would never, well, number one, I would never miss the nail and hit my finger
1: because I'm way too talented to do that. But, but, you know, it's since this uh, is your attitude and if you actually read that in the, in the Hebrew, it says, since this has been with you, in other words, since you knew better is what he's saying, and since this has been with you, they say is as a, as a reference, and we talked about it at some previous point. We talked about how they had to have a copy. They had to write a copy of the Torah for each king. So what what that's saying is, since you've had this with you, in other words, since you know better, you can't say, I didn't know, I didn't mm-hmm. understand because all God would have to say is, you've got a copy laying there on your desk. All you had to do is look at that if you were looking for direction. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for all of our lives, looking at, looking to the word for direction in our lives, I think God some oh, I just want a word for the Lord. Well, maybe we need to pick up our Bible and see if we can find a word from the Lord. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but we don't want to do that. We want some guy to to come along and, you know, prophesy over us and uh, the problem with that is people forget that sometimes prophecies are not good i mean solomon's not getting a good prophecy Mm -hmm. here this is detrimental this is accusing him of of the things that he's done wrong Uh, verse 12 nevertheless for the sake of david your father i will not do it in your lifetime i will tear it out of the hand of your son so this is Again, going back to the previous verse, what he said in the previous verse, but I'm not going to do that in your lifetime. I'll tear it out of the hand of your son, and I think that's it's almost a more of a punishment. I, I don't quite understand that, but I tried to think about that in, in respect of my life. If I had done something wrong, and God said, "Well, I'm not going to really punish you. I'm going to punish your son for." You know it's going to happen in his lifetime, not in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. I think I would be so distraught. Yeah, you know I would want to say, "Punish me, I'm guilty." Not, don't take my son. You know for my sin. You ha- you'd have to
0: go to the go to your grave with that thought in right. Mind.
1: <laughs> right. He's going to see all these things that are a result of what. And a couple of words there when it starts out says uh, the word "so" in the previous verse. Since you have done this, and then verse. Uh, 12 that starts off with nevertheless in other words even though you are guilty I'm not going to do what I could uh, do to you and it's it's not a promise because David deserved it it's not promised because Solomon deserved it it goes back and again we're not going to go back and read all of these scriptures but in 2 Samuel 7 um, it's God made a promise to David and he made a promise that this won't happen in your lifetime, but it'll happen in your son's lifetime, or your grandson, or your descendants. Uh, it talks about that. And so God's not saying, in other words, I'm not, I'm not going to tear it out uh, in your lifetime, in your son, in your grandson. Somewhere down the line, you're going to see these come to pass, but it's not um, because David deserved God's grace and mercy it's just because God had said to him at some point, I won't do this. So this is really just a reminder of God saying, I promised you I wouldn't do it, so now I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still going to be punishment. I just won't do the thing that I promised. And um, and and this is almost saying you're not punished because your father was a good man and and again, we've talked about that before, how how important it is for us as fathers to be good men so that things aren't carried over to our sons. We talk about that to the second and the third generation, and there's a whole debate about those things. But we do see abusive dads sometimes yeah. produce abusive sons, and alcoholic dads produce alcoholic sons. Uh there's many people that will say if you talk to kelly stevens he would talk about his family and he'll say something to the effect i said i would never do what my dad because i saw what my dad did Mm -hmm. i will never ever do Mm -hmm. what my dad (laughs) did and then you repeat that yeah and many people do that very thing right so this is the, the kingdom, and we're, we'll come up to this, but with Jeroboam and Rehoboam, it winds up uh, being taken from Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son. Some of these stories get a little confusing because it's like, okay, are we talking about David? Are we talking about the future king? Are we talking about Solomon? It's a little hard sometimes to keep track. But 1113 says, Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant. I don't know how many times it says that for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I've chosen. So, his chosen people, his chosen servant, David. Uh, for the sake of them, I won't destroy. Uh, it, it's kind of like um, uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, would you spare this city for fifty? Would you spare this city for forty? Uh, It's kind of that same principle. You're sparing it for the sake of so many that are righteous. You know, if God came to destroy Carthage, would he say because of the godly people who attend Grace Point Church, because of the godly people who attend the Nazarene Church, for their sake, I'm not going to destroy the whole city. And, you know, maybe I know – Again we could spend another whole podcast talking about coronavirus right now but you know maybe god if this thing really ran it could destroy so many more who knows i'm not a prophet this morning to to say those words mm-hmm. but who knows god isn't saying for the sake of the christian people in the nation i'm going to spare you know more than would have been if we hadn't had a godly
0: yeah i think uh, okay so one thing i want to bring up as we're reading through the bible this took took me probably years yeah even as a pastor to and and i still have to i probably don't even think with the correct mindset so one tribe so i will give one tribe judah so we have to now remember as we're reading through the old testament that there's multiple tribes right and some things are just talking to one tribe Mm -hmm. and some of the other tribes are god's tribes are warring with each other right right so we forget that it's like Right, God's people. Yeah, you know, I just that just one little thing that I think we forget when we're reading the Bible to process that like mm-hmm. there are multiple tribes. Right, one tribe. So you have to think sometimes it's he's speaking to God's people and you know stirring up an adversary, or sometimes it was the tribes interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a little bit hard to comprehend sometimes. Right, they were divided. Or the up. Process to think about,
1: but then they became their own tribe. They began to have their own ideas about how. I, I guess you could almost relate it to churches. It was the churches have been divided up because, you know, we're all we we fall under Christian, but we've talked about this before. There's between churches, between us, the Baptist, the Nazarene, all of these different denominations. There's usually one thing that we mm-hmm. don't agree on, yeah, and that separates us out into a different denomination. Yep. And I don't mean separates us in the fact that we can't get along, but, you know, probably those tribes got along to a certain extent, but then there were issues that it's like, well, we don't believe that. You know, we yeah. don't think God meant that. So they have their own ideas yep. about things. And,
0: and that's a trendy, It's I don't know who created that. I think um, uh, Mark Batterson, he's one of the guys that, it's kind of a trendy word right now, your tribe, like our tribe. yeah. Like yeah. I've talked with pastors and that's my like my least favorite word right now. It's like yeah. well in our tribe, I'm like okay, yeah, whatever. That's yeah. I don't <laughs> sound cool, like that but either, but I don't like the thought behind it. Yeah, yeah. And and this is
1: this is not talking about punishing a son for the sins of his father because you know, every one of us are gonna be held accountable. There's I can't say you know, that guy that you know, thankfully I inherited good traits from my dad. Now, I'm not going to say my dad was perfect. There's a few things that my dad practiced or thought that I've had to kind of get past. And some of those were difficult just because it got so ingrained in me that I had to, to work at getting past a few of those. But they're not, I'm not talking about great sins or anything, but that whole idea of, of a son being punished because of his father, that's not exactly what it's talking about. When we read those things, I don't get my judgment is going to be my stance with God. It's not going to be I can't I can't f- uh, come in to heaven off my my dad's good deeds. But on the other side of that, I'm not going to go to hell because of my dad's bad de- deeds. We're all going to be held accountable for ourselves. So it's not really punishing that son uh, for his father because. Uh, Rehoboam is the son. So it's saying, well, in Rehoboam's time, these things are going to happen. But Rehoboam was not a perfect man either. So all no. God is saying <laughs> is, I can see the future. I know what's going to happen. So, you know, this is the way it's going to be. He's not saying, um, I'm going to make Rehoboam be disobedient. I'm going to make Rehoboam serve other gods or Anything like that? It's just saying I know the future. I know what's going to happen. I'm just making a a statement because I'm God and I mm-hmm. know those
0: things. Yeah. So I, here's a here's a, what I was just talking about there, Rick. I see I see this in my online Bible here. It says that one tribe promised by the Lord's the Lord is Solomon's own tribe, Judah. But by the time this is written, several centuries later, Judah is the common name for the Southern Kingdom, mm-hmm. which is ruled by Solomon's descendants and actually composed of two tribes judah and benjamin ironically benjamin and judah were historically enemies as the tribe of saul benjamin was predisposed against david when he became king and they continued their animosity toward him by supporting absalom during his rebellion mm-hmm. all of those bad feelings will change when judah and israel split benjamin will decide to follow rehoboam along with judah while the other 10 tribes will follow jeroboam
1: yeah i mean it's isn't that it crazy i mean and those and that comes up in the scripture too, because it does talk about. Um, I'll give you one tribe, but for for whatever reason. And again, sometimes when I'm reading commentary, it's like, oh my <laughs> lord, you know they. Well, this guy was, uh, you know, the son, and he did this, and and he was good for a while, but then he did this, and then the other guy took over, and he did this, and it's like I can't keep up with you know with what happened, but but Judah and Benjamin. A lot of times we're considered one tribe. And so that's why yeah. there were 12, and it says, I'll give 10, but I'm going to, f- for mm-hmm. the sake of you, I'll, I'll give you one. But that one was Judah and Benjamin put together, yeah. is, is
0: the way that, Yeah. So, um, I just, when I read commentary, I have to just remember the, they're nerds. These guys are <laughs> nerds. They're writing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But
1: wait a minute. Better get off the lightning rods here. But, um, but anyway, verse fourteen then says, um, uh, "Then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad the Edomite from the royal line of Edom." And let me, I'm gonna, I am gonna read this scripture. Second Samuel seven fourteen says, "I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him." And the way it says, "I will punish him with the rod of men, with flogging." floggings inflicted by men. In other words, the way he's going to be punished, it's not going to be through illness. It's not going to be through famine. It's not going to be through pestilence. It's not going to be through coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, it's not naming that there, but but really I, I was listening to somebody this morning. They were actually talking about that, that the word pestilence is really what we have right now. The pandemic is mm, what we call it, wow. but pestilence is really yeah. the same so it talks about in the last days. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. Uh, so I'm not saying this morning that coronavirus is a, a sign of the end, but I do think it's a, a warning yes. That of how quickly things could escalate because we we talk about, you know, the second coming and the rapture and the tribulation, and a lot of people are, oh, that could never, that could yeah. never happen,
0: you know and Earthqu- think, earthquakes in yeah, Utah right we have a friend from Utah with us right now mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> she missed it
1: all those things that uh, you know we look at like all oh, that could never happen well I think maybe this is a warning from God saying you know you people better wake up yeah because I'm showing you this can happen and how devastating it can be in such a, a short time um, Italy had 345 deaths in 12 hours mm. and so it. Anyway, we again, that would be a whole other podcast, but but and it says, the Lord raised up against Solomon. And again, we have to be careful because we don't want people to get the idea that God made this guy um, uh, the, the adversary. In other words, this guy didn't have any choice. God just made him a bad guy, so he would come and you know, and bother uh, Solomon. It just says, that's the guy that showed up. He, uh, that guy was already uh, predisposed to being an adversary. So sometimes we want to start blaming, well, how come God made this guy, uh, made this guy, hey, Dad, do all these bad things? God didn't make him do anything. God didn't make Pharaoh uh, do the things that he did. God doesn't force people. Everyone has a choice. But, um, But in this case, it's a fulfillment of what he, sa- what he said when, that I just read. I will be his father, he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him. And how? With the rod of men and the floggings inflicted by men. So these adversaries are really nothing new or surprising. Again, if Solomon's read uh, the promises and the warnings, uh, he shouldn't be so surprised. 11.15, earlier, when David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army who had gone up to bury the dead had struck down all the men of Edom and this goes back in 2 Samuel chapter 8. We won't read that story here but um, and this idea of going back to bury the dead it was considered a uh, an act of humility even in war. The, uh, the king that was victorious if he was doing the right thing he would go bury the dead of his own and of his enemies and so uh, this is just It's nothing new here. It's just talking about that he was doing what would have been considered uh, right at the time. It was an honor for the conqueror to bury the dead of his own and of the enemy. Josephus calls it a law of Moses. Now, I don't think anywhere in Moses that it says that's a requirement for them to do. But Josephus, I think, maybe put it in there as it was so common and so many times done that would almost be assumed that it had come somewhere from Moses, even though it's not recorded uh, for us to to see. But um, Joab thought that he had killed all of them uh, in this uh, story, but some of them survive, and that's what happens many times in these wars that we see in the Bible. There's people who uh, survive out of there that they shouldn't have ever let survive. When it says, well, Canaan was the, the prime example, God said to kill them all, and they let some of them live. They either dis—they were more than likely disobedient. They had sympathy on somebody. Well, I don't really want to kill them. You know, they didn't really do anything. I mean, not all those people who came out of Egypt were one hundred percent obedient. We know that because mm-hmm. of that whole story. And so, when we think that's strange that they wouldn't do what God told them to do, but how many of us, you know, if God said go to Joplin, Missouri, kill every man, woman and child. I mean, we can't even fathom God doing that. That's a whole different time. But how would you, I mean, yeah. Could you go to Joplin and kill people there who had even though even if God said those people right. in Joplin are evil, they'll turn your hearts away, they'll uh, make gods and I mean, how hard would that be to go over there even if God said they're they're Gonna turn your hearts away from me, or whatever, to go kill some innocent, yeah, woman who's pro, never done pro, pro, anything for
0: Carthage. You'd only work if if all the if God told all the Carthage tiger fans to go kill the Web City Web Cardinal. City, <laughs> then it might, Yeah, that could be yeah! you know, fight it out on the
1: battlefield or whatever there. But um, that was completely a joke. Yes, completely a joke. We love you, Web City. We're not. Yeah, we're not uh, prejudiced here against Web City. So. Okay, we are probably about out of time here, so we'll stop right there. The evil laugh there.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, get into the word. This is a, a really is a time uh, to pursue to seek the Lord, to get into the word, because guess what? All of God's promises are yes and amen, and God's promises will carry us through life in general. They'll carry us through uh, national crises, if you will. Uh, We've talking beforehand, uh, the former pastor of this church we're in right now struggling with sickness. God's promises are yes and amen to him. So we need the word. We need more than ever. And I pray that, again, I was, I've seen it the good pieces of advice I've heard during this time in our culture, in our country, uh, this is a time to get into the word, to pray, to seek the Lord, to take that time that you would use for all this other stuff that you can't do now to let that be a time of pursuit to the Lord. I think that's appropriate. So all right. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it very much. And we'll talk to you guys next time.